All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is the Marin County Transit District Board of Dr Directors meeting for October 2nd. Um, welcome, everyone. And our first item is to check in to see if there's anybody that's going to be participating remotely. Any directors? There were no requests by directors for remote participation. Thank you. And I'm seeing everyone seems to be here. Morning, folks. Um, so we'll do a roll call, please. Yes, I will now call roll. President Rice. Here. Vice President Colbert. Here. Second Vice President Lucan. Here. Director Moulton Peters. Here. Director Rodoni. Here. Director Sackett. Here. Director Bushy. Here. Director Casisa. Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. All right. Thank you. Our next item is open time for public expression for items that are not on the transit district's agenda today but are related to the transit district. Is there anyone here in the chambers um, that has something they'd like to share? Come on up. Oh, President Rice, first I will read the instructions for how the public can participate in the meeting, if you don't mind. Okay. Thank you. At today's meeting, in-person comments will be heard before virtual comments. If you are joining us on Zoom and you would like to comment, please use the raise hand icon located on your screen. If you're participating by phone call, please press star nine to raise your hand. When it is your turn to speak, your name will be called and you'll be prompted to unmute your device. You will then have two minutes to speak. This concludes the instructions. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now for our first public speaker here in the chambers. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Michelle Reed and I'm a county employee and I ride the train to work. Um, my frustration part is at the beginning when the train started, um, the connection and well, we had the shuttle, but then that ended. And then um, the connection with the 35 and the 49, um, the 35 was better when we got off the train and we'd walk over and wait for the bus. And I've wrote emails to the supervisor and seems like for a period of time, um, we were told that the bus drivers would wait for us. We're getting off the train and we're walking to the bus stop and the bus drivers used to stop and wait for us. And now, um, and there's been a couple of times I've waved at the driver to stop him and they just keep going. So there is a problem with the 35. I get off the, I ride the train and I get off here at the Civic Center stop at um, 7-Eleven. And that's about the same time the 35 comes by. Um, but people have noticed that the, 35 that comes and doesn't stop at the Civic Center, when they get to the Civic Center too early, they have to wait at the Civic Center. So I really wish that a supervisor or someone would talk to the drivers again um, as we start to go into the cold time, the rain time, because there is only a small bus covering there. And also at that time in the morning, there's a San Domenico bus and um, it's waiting for the students. So you got school kids there, you have us there, and a couple of times the bus has passed us. So I just would really wish that um, a bus would wait for us as we're walking down the ramp, because I was told at the beginning, and it worked out good, that the bus would stop. But now that the train's been going on for about four or five years now, it seems like that's gone by the wayside. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Anyone else here in the chambers? 
Seeing no one, is there anyone online, Kate? I'll give everyone a moment to raise their hands. I see no raised hands, thank you. All right, thank you. Um, our next item is the Board of Directors Matters. Any directors have anything they'd like to share? Yes, uh, Director Moulton-Peters, you're first. I, I just wanted to share an observation uh, that I thought was uh, might be interesting about um, uh, commute uh, travelers on buses. I, uh, Nancy, I think I mentioned this to you, but I was at the Manzanita park and ride dropping the sun off to the airporter. And in a half an hour's time, besides seeing our number 114, the 17, the 150, and the 61, I saw 10 private buses picking up employees at Manzanita. And there was one with a label on it going to Genentech. The rest of them did not have, but it was just fascinating seeing so many buses come through. And I, I, I don't know quite what this means uh, to our transit service. I'm assuming these riders are largely going out of county down to San Mateo, Santa Clara, and uh, East Bay. But it really was striking that virtually every five minutes there was a bus coming through that was private, in addition to our own which were well subscribed. And then the other thing, I just wanted to um, comment on the countywide transportation plan, which I know, Nancy, you'll be talking about. But, you know, we have all the people in this room that sit on, on this dais on various transit agencies, and we have such an opportunity to really move the needle. And most of the discussions that I'm part of are for increasing transit and active transportation. So I just want to encourage us all to participate uh, uh, robustly in this process and particularly with our transit hats on. So that's what I had. Thank you. Director Colbert. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Nancy, I know you're going to talk about the Clean Expo. Uh, I was there and I just want to say I had a really interesting conversation with uh, your team member, Kyle French. It's always nice to be able to engage with Marin Transit uh, staff outside of, of the meeting. And uh, it was just super helpful about sort of walking me through what the bus was. And uh, I saw him interacting with other folks. So uh, good job, Kyle. All right. Anyone else? <clears throat> okay. Uh, and that is it for Board of Director Matters. Um, is there anyone here in the public that'd like to um, comment on this item? See no one. Kate, is there anyone online for Board of Directors Matters? I see no raised hands on Zoom. Thank you. So we will then move on to the general manager's report. Morning, Nancy. Good morning. Sorry about that. Um, Kate, if you want to pull up my slides, thanks. So uh, good morning, directors and President Rice. Uh, I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about our FAIR study that we presented to your board last month and the fact that we are kicking off the survey and we wanted to ask for your support in doing that. We have postcards up here in front, look like this, um, that you can take if you have places that you might want to distribute them and posters as well. And we'll also provide you with some social media content that you can distribute on your channels as well. Um, the, the survey opens is open now and it'll be it'll stay open through October 27th. And we're hoping to get a, a really good response on how people use different fair media that we have available and, and what may be available coming soon. So that, um, Kate, you can move on to the next slide. Um, yes, it was mentioned the Clean Energy Expo. Uh, we participated in the Clean Energy Expo on September 12th at the uh, County Exposition Hall. 
we brought one of our new 35 foot uh, electric buses and it was the largest vehicle of all the fleet vehicles that were on display there. So um, that was pretty fun to see our bus inside like that. We don't see that very often. So um, we are also participating in Clean Air Day, uh, which is a celebration at uh, Marine Clean Energy's San Rafael EV charging a lot on October 4th. So that's coming up on Wednesday. And we'll just have a table there and provide information about our zero emission buses. So that's coming up. Next slide, please. Um, yes, as was mentioned, uh, Tam did a, a kickoff meeting for the TAC, the Technical Advisory Committee on September 14th. And the membership of the TAC includes a broad range of transportation modes and interests. Uh, you can see here, this is kind of small, but it's basically the, the roster of all the TAC members. Uh, Kathleen Sullivan, our Director of Planning is Marin Transit's TAC member. I did attend this meeting with Kathleen. Uh, we are excited to see the first uh, county's first CTP, CBTP. So lots of initials there, <laughs> but a countywide transportation plan. Um, to have transit play an important role, as Director Moulton Peters mentioned. The discussion topics at the meeting included what the TAC wanted to see out of the CTP and what is important to us. And last week, we sent a follow-up letter providing uh, our staff input on, on those topics. And the letter is included in your board agenda packet today under item 5D is just information. And it does, the, the themes that we identify there have been raised numerous times here in, in uh, various form. And so we will of course be returning to your board with additional information as the CTP and, and the planning effort uh, pro progresses. All right, Kate, if you could, next slide. Um, MTC has been moving forward with implementing recommendations from the Bay Area Transit Transformation Action Plan. You may recall that was an outcome of the Blue Ribbon Task Force that was convened at the kind of at the onset of COVID. Um, the action plan was completed about two years ago, and then MTC approved the framework for a regional network management structure back in February this year. And recently, the new MTC committee and the RNM, they're calling it RNM, Regional Network Management um, Committee, and the uh, RNM Council was formed. So the, the council was just adopted, I think, this last week. Um, the committee, which is that second box under the commission up there in the, in the middle of this chart, this org chart, it, it includes eight MTC commissioners, including our Marin County uh, representative, Commissioner Moulton Peters, and three non-voting members representing two transit agencies and the state. The council is, uh, which is the box in the dotted lines uh, below there, is the is 10 transit operator general managers, uh, plus the Metro MTC executive director. And um, I, I have been appointed actually as one of the small operator uh, seats. There are three seats for small operators and, and I've been appointed as one of those um, members. The initial focus areas for this uh, whole RNM structure is uh, fair integration policy. You're gonna hear a little bit about some Clipper Bay Pass today on your agenda It's part of that. Uh, bus transit priority, which is one of our highest priorities and in fact was transmitted as a part of our letter to, to TAM about the CTP. Um, connected network planning, which we've been integrated uh, with various committees uh, at a staff level on that. Wayfinding and mapping, uh, accessibility, and then uh, rail network management. Those are the focus areas. And we'll be reporting back uh, more information on this as um, the each of these areas is developed further. So if you wanna move on. Okay. 
So turning to our ridership, um, this graph compares the fixed route ridership from the prior year and the gray line shows the ridership by month for the last year. Uh, because this is the first month of the report, the red line, which is our normal line of comparison, is really just a dot in July and it's covered by the ridership number. So uh, July ridership this year was 4% higher than ridership last year. And the number there is that we were at about 221,000 trips for month of July. Uh, fixed route ridership recovery from the pandemic appears to be leveling off. And although we're still experiencing some growth year over year, the percentage of our pre-COVID ridership is um, on our fixed route services still been hovering around 90% and, and July was, was at about 87. So we're, we're still right in uh, that, that area and have been for several months. Next slide. Um, ridership, however, on our demand response service was only about 35% of pre-COVID levels this month. And our ridership, as you may remember, started to decline in September of 20, uh, September of last fiscal year, dropping below the FY22 levels. Uh, it's continued to stay below the FY22 levels. And in July, it was actually that red dot on there at 5,127 trips. It was about 25% lower than last year. Um, we, there may be some of the ridership decline due to the changes that we made in the Marine Access Program where we changed up our Catch-A-Ride program and consolidated some of our other programs. And we are expect, <clears throat> excuse me, expecting to see much higher ridership on Catch-A-Ride as um, we, we progress in, in the next few months. <clears throat> excuse me. And that concludes my report and I'd be happy to take any questions. Thank you. Any questions? Mary? Mm -hmm. So thank you, Nancy. I appreciate it. And I'm glad to see that Kathleen Sullivan's on the CTP and CBTP planning committee, because I think that that, that was sort of my afterthought after our TAM presentation on that was ensuring that transit is really part of that planning across the county from the outset. So I'm glad you're, um, you're part of that and, you know, just hope that it gets built into all of our plans from the on the front head. So thanks. Yeah, and I wanted would just um actually ask that Nancy, if you could um just sort of review at a very high level the priorities that are outlined in the letter um, that we sent to TAM with regards to the um CTP. And I just think it's important. We've talked about each of them individually at times, but um just for the for folks who don't have the letter in front of them, to, if you could just go through those five key areas. Sure. Um, so yes, yeah, so what we've identified in the letter are transit corridor adoption. And so uh, we were looking at Highway 101, of course, is like our main street. And but we do also rely on roadways within Marin to um, have, you know, have where we operate our service as well as to look at transit priority, which is our second second kind of theme or main uh, topic that we would like to have covered in the in the plan. Um, Transit priority, of course, is, is raised in many different venues, and I think that this is something that's, that, again, is one of the priority areas for uh, the regional network management effort. It, it tends to focus more on the highways, which is fine. That's part of what we want to have done here, including uh, the bus on shoulder or what's called transit priority uh, lanes. Um, no, I always get it wrong. What is part-time travel? <laughs> part-time transit lanes? Travel? Yeah, yeah. 
anyway, um, I, they used to be called bus on shoulder, but anyway, we don't say that anymore. And so we, of course we want those, we're supporting those, but uh, we would also like to look at other transit priority treatments on some of our, our high priority corridors here uh, surf, on the surface streets, such as um, signal priorities and that sort of thing. And we are in discussions with San Rafael, in fact, on a project that, that will do that. Um, and local coordination, one of the things that, that we see is that we've talked to you about bus stop improvements as an example, where uh, the, most of that is city or county owned property, sometimes private property, but certainly coordination with the cities on bus stop improvements and then on all kinds of other improvements as bike improvements are being made just to make sure that transit is considered. And it's kind of a part of the whole complete streets, but that local coordination. And I think one of the things that we're pretty excited about is that TAM is really helping us step up to that through the, the CTP. And, and it actually provides a decent forum for us to be engaged with all the cities since they have representatives, there are representatives from the cities there as well. And then, um, as you all know, our last priority, which has been a priority for some time, is our electric bus charging and maintenance facility. So to the extent that that, that can be addressed somewhat in within the plan, acknowledging that we do need to electrify our fleet, and in order to do so, we need a, a facility. So those are the, the top priorities, and uh, happy to answer anything further on that. Um, thanks, Nancy. I just thought that was important. And also, um, you do call out in the letter just the acknowledgement around um, Marin County's aging population and the need to continue to really stay focused on the needs of this growing population in terms of mobility around the county. And then I would just um, tag on to that, that I will be getting the results of a survey that the county did um, in recent months. Um, countywide survey. And, and one of the things that I expect is going to um, be raised in terms of an issue of concern for Marin County residents is a general mobility um, congestion. And also, um, you know, how are we making advances in terms of reducing our transportation emissions? So mobility, alternative modes of transit and emission reduction, um, I think are going to be themes that hopefully will certainly be uh, embedded into the thinking around this um, countywide transportation planning and we're in transit has a role to play there. Um, yes, Director yeah. Moulton-Peters. Yes, Madam Chair, I wanted to um, suggest that perhaps you as our board chair uh, reach out to the board chair at TAM, also sitting next to you, but um, I, you know, these priorities, these transit priorities, I think we would do well to have an informational presentation at TAM about them because these are ideas that unless you've sat on these boards, they're not familiar. And all of us have to become advocates for these things and TAM board members need to become knowledgeable about them. So uh, Nancy, if such a presentation were to occur, I would, I would suggest uh, not only information about where in Marin County we may apply these, but working models in other counties where they're already in use. But I, I've seen what happens when board members are not totally informed in, in a real visual and granular way about some of these strategies. It's easy to buckle under under the sort of, well, we, we've never done this before kind of thing. So just my long-winded suggestion. Thank you. No, thank you very much. And I will reach out to the TAM chair in the near future. <laughs> All right. So um, that, is there any comment on the general manager's report here in the chambers? Seeing none, can we go to folks online, please, Kate? Yes, Linda Jackson, please unmute. 
Good morning. Um, can you hear me? Sort of. Hold on, Linda. I'm using a slightly different system, so hoping that... Wait a second, Linda. Well, actually, talk a little bit, but we're not going to use your time because we've got a very weird sound thing happening here. So just... Yeah. Uh, I can call in without the yeah. video oh. and... Quite yep. sure what. Just a minute, Linda. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Yeah, test, keep doing the test, test, test thing. Test, one, two. Always wanted to do this. One, two, three, test. Test. One, two, three. Are we resolved on the. Just hold on one second, Linda. Thank you. Appreciate the feedback. Test one, two, three. One, two, three, test. Test one, two, three. Uh, testing. No, I'm, wait, I'm on hold to speak. Testing Is one, two, three. Figured out. Test one, two, three. Not, we haven't figured it out yet. Okay. Yeah, just I hold can... there. We'll we'll call you. So to anybody who's watching the meeting right now, the hundreds and thousands of you out there, we're having some technical difficulties in pulling in our uh, folks who are participating through Zoom. We're having sound issues. Okay, Linda, are we gonna try again? One more time. Oh, Linda, we're gonna, we're gonna take um, a recess right now, just a few minute recess, so... Um, Everyone here on the dais and everyone listening, you have a few minutes to go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. You want to reach out to his people, which, which he doesn't have. <laughs> if you can find them, send them over. I know, he wishes he had people, but he doesn't. <laughs> Oh, this or for Pine Bay Area. Cold spring, I think. 
meeting with all staff in the room than a Florida supervisor. You're so right. With all these steps, it's only a matter of time before this is That's the weirdest part. Yeah. Try it again. Drivers, you know, that is mm -hmm. pretty. Are we ready? Okay, why? Yes, all right. So, we are um, returning from our brief recess and ready to bring in our speakers from Zoom. And this is on the general manager's report. Can we go to our first speaker, please? Yes, Linda Jackson, please unmute. Test, test, one, two, three. Can you hear me? We can sort of hear you. Maybe we'll have somebody repeat what you say. I'm not sure how to handle this. Yeah. Is it on the stream? It's audible on Okay, Linda, why don't you go ahead, just speak up. Okay, I'll speak loudly. I, I, good morning, everybody, uh, and to Chair Rice, and uh, I want to commend you on the plan for the, the transportation plan. And I want to ask, it's a countywide transportation plan, very exciting, want to ask since you have somebody on for the schools from MCOE, and that's to facilitate, you know, knowledge of the issues for children and schools and education that you consider having someone from Aging and Adult Services or the Commission on Aging for people who are older and or with disabilities. Um, the Commission on Aging has a number of people with expertise on both of that, and I know you brought it up as a, as a topic of population. There are twice as many people who are older as younger, so I hope that this population can be included, um, especially with ridership um, declining. It's declined over the last year, but it's declined significantly since 2019, and the population has increased and will be increasing um, over the next. So, endorse you also talking with Pam about this for all the reasons that were stated. Thank you so much. Thank you. There are no additional raised hands on Zoom. Thank you. Okay. So, um, with that, um, I'll close the general manager's report and we will move on to the consent calendar. Any questions? Anybody want to pull anything from the consent calendar comments? Yeah, not, not a comment, but um, I will be recusing myself from the first item on the consent calendar because I was did not attend that meeting. Okay, sounds good. Anyone else? Okay, uh, anybody in the public have a comment on anything on the consent calendar? See no one here in the chambers. Is there anyone online, Kate? There are no raised hands on Zoom. Thank you. All right, so I'm looking for a motion to approve the consent calendar. 
I'll move the consent calendar. I'll second. Motion Lucan, second Colbert. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. And that is unanimous. And um, Director Bushy um, is recused from item 5A. Thank you. We're now on to item six, which is the Muir Woods survey results. Yes, and Osher Butnick will be presenting this item. It's an information item. All right, uh, good morning, uh, President Rice and members of the board. My name is Osher Butnick, Senior Transit Planner with Marin Transit. And item number six in your packet this morning is the Muir Woods Shuttle Passenger Survey results for this past summer. Uh, next slide. Uh, we like to conduct a passenger survey on the Muirwood shuttle every summer to keep tabs on how the program is doing and assess potential improvements. This year, we got 159 survey responses, including a solid number from both pickup locations. Next slide. Uh, the number one reason that people use the shuttle is because they don't want to navigate the windy and often traffic-filled road up to the woods, followed closely by a desire to save money and not pay for parking at the woods. These two answers being the top reasons demonstrates that most of the shuttle riders are choice riders who are choosing the better option for themselves and less than 20% of riders indicated that they could not get a parking reservation or otherwise had no other option to get to the woods. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, from the operations data provided by Bowers, we know that the shuttle is on time 75% of the time. Note that a bus is considered on time if it is up to five minutes late. Uh, from survey data, we can see that 44% of riders waited over 15 minutes for their shuttle, and this is likely due to people changing the time of their shuttle departure after booking and being unable to get on their first choice shuttle. Uh, next slide. As you can see from these charts, there's a big difference between how people access the two shuttle stops. Uh, most people are using Larkspur as a park and ride, whereas Sausalito is seeing a wide variety of access modes. One of the main drivers of this difference between the way people access these stops is based on where people are coming from, which is covered on the next slide. Uh, so as you can see here, Sausalito is much more attractive to riders coming from San Francisco who are more likely to use transit to get to that stop, whereas Larkspur has more diverse origins, including from places where connecting via transit is much more difficult. Uh, next slide. During the evaluation report presentation at the June board meeting, one of the questions that came up was who is riding the shuttle? Is the shuttle largely serving locals or tourists? In response to that, we added a question about riders' home zip codes. As you can see from this chart, it's a mix. Roughly half of shuttle passengers live in California, mostly in the Bay Area, and the other half are coming from out of state or out of the country. Note that for the out-of-town visitors, 19% of them reported in the prior question that they were coming from somewhere in Marin County when they accessed the shuttle. So the shuttle is helping serve and support tourism in Marin. Uh, next slide. Overall, people were pretty happy with their shuttle experience, despite 44% of riders reporting having to wait over 15 minutes. As shown earlier, over 90% of riders said on-time performance was excellent or good. Uh, we also added a new question this year, asking passengers about the comfort of the ride on the shuttle to which the vast majority responded positively, as you can see. This represents a significant improvement over last year. Uh, next slide. So as you can see, people were much less happy with shuttle performance last year. Driver shortage and bus maintenance issues led to a lot of canceled and late trips, overcrowded buses, and just generally a less pleasant experience for everyone involved. We're happy to report that the new contractor, Bowers, isn't having those same issues. Slide. 
Zooming in, we can see that people are generally happy with the amenities at Larkspur. In particular, riders felt that information and staff provided at the bus stops by Marin Transit were particularly good. Next slide. Um, and at Sausalito, people were less happy with the bus stop itself, with many commenting on the lack of seating. However, again, riders were happy with the information and staff provided by Marin Transit. Next slide. So this slide summarizes the Bowers pilot timeline for the shuttle program. After your board approved the pilot on May 1st, Bowers took over shuttle operation on Memorial Day weekend. The last day of the approved pilot period is October 29th, this month. Uh, later this fall, staff will return to your board with recommendations on what this program will look like in 2024 and beyond. And informing those recommendations, uh, we have a few key topics for consideration. Next slide. Uh, the first is cost. This includes both total program cost and also the cost to Marin Transit specifically because total costs are split with the National Park Service. Uh, the next is sustainability. We want to structure the program so it will be sustainable into the future. Third, we are currently looking at how program management duties are split between Marin Transit and NPS. And finally, Frank Valley Road will be closed for a long-term maintenance project starting in 2025, which will affect the shuttle route and in turn, the size of the vehicle we are able to use for the shuttle. District staff are meeting and discussing with NPS staff to form a final recommendation. Next slide. Uh, and that's it for the survey results. I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Asha. Any questions up here? I just, yep, go ahead. Uh, just one. Uh, thank you so much for the uh, results. The, the one slide where you showed the operational data showed 75% of the time it's on time, but maybe a different experience from those taking the survey. Uh, how long does it take to uh, completely board the shuttle? With, you know, if there's 10, 15 people waiting, I'm curious, if, is there a, a lag time and how long it takes to get everybody on? Uh, it doesn't take too long. I think typically probably about five minutes. Okay. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if there was a disconnect, what, you know, why people thought it took longer than maybe the operational data actually shows. And if it's... We, we are seeing a lot of people boarding at a different time than they booked for. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's likely that people saw that there was an 8.30 shuttle, but they booked for the 7.30. So they, you know, show up at 8.30 and actually the 8.30 is full. So they have to wait till the nine o'clock or mm -hmm. something like that. That's gotcha. most likely what's happening. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Just thanks for the update. And I think that we all understand this is a really important service. And so as you engage with the National Park Service, if you need some of our board members to be involved in that, we I certainly offer my my time because it's so important to the Muir Beach community to have this service and Muir Woods. And I think it's been a total success. Unfortunately, it's a really expensive service, but I don't think we always should use that lens when we're considering how, how good a service is or how beneficial it is to us. So I wanted to say that. Thank you. All right. Uh, any comment from members of the public on this item? Kate, is there anyone online? I see no raised hands on Zoom. Thank you. Okay. So this is just a presentation discussion, no action required. Uh, Supervisor or Director Moulton Peters. Yeah, you thank a... you. I, I want to thank you also, and I would be happy to support you, as Dennis has said, uh, on discussions with NPS. And I, I also just want to say how helpful it is, the analysis that you did, to really understand the difference between the two markets. Sausalito and Larkspur serve very different markets, um, and, and both seem to be well-subscribed. 
I also, uh, Director Radoni and I have been talking about what would it, Marin look like if we could ever possibly increase rec recreational service in our communities because of uh, we all have narrow winding roads leading to the beach. So um, anyway, I I, um, I look forward to the future discussions. I know we've got a, a tough situation that the service is superior and it costs a lot. So um, we'll see where we go with that. Okay. And um, if there's no other comment up here, did I go to the public yet on this? Okay. So um, thank you very much for the presentation. And um, to all involved that make that service happen, it is important. And there's a lot of intangible benefit that don't get scored in the in the dollar column. All right. So our next item is the Clipper Bay Pass Agreement. Yes. So this item yeah. uh, includes kind of two elements. One is to authorize me to sign up the agreement for the Clipper Bay Pass, uh, which is a, a basically an unlimited regional institutional employer pass program. And it was presented to your board initially some time back. And, and we have Terrence Lee from MTC and Ryan Reeves from BART. And they are the co-project managers for the Bay Pass pilot project. And they're gonna do an informational piece. So with two elements, one is to approve or authorize me to sign the agreement. And then also just to hear the uh, information that they can present about it. So if, they, if you're okay, we'll just yeah. go ahead and start off. Great. Thank you, Nancy, and uh, good morning, supervisors. Uh, my name is Terrence Lee from MTC, and I'm joined here today by uh, with Ryan Reeves from BART. Uh, and we're here uh, to share with you some information uh, in support of your uh, action item, uh, some background on the Clipper Bay Pass pilot, uh, including some uh, preliminary findings from the first phase of, of, of the pilot. Uh, if you could advance to the next slide, please. So the story of the Clipper Bay Pass uh, begins with our current uh, fair policy landscape. Uh, the Bay Area is home to over two dozen transit agencies, each with its own fares, fair products, and fair policies. Uh, this is a, a pretty disjointed uh, landscape that can often lead to a disorienting and oftentimes discouraging uh, experience for our, our uh, riders. Uh, next slide, please. Recognizing the challenges of this complex fare environment, uh, MTC and BART co-managed a study to evaluate uh, different approaches employed around the world uh, to better coordinate and integrate fare policy in the region. Uh, these various approaches were tested against the issues and goals uh, on the right of the slide here, uh, and the study culminated with the adoption of a fare policy vision statement uh, that directed staff to pilot a set of initiatives that could improve and simplify the Bay Area's complex fare environment. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, and the first of uh, these initiatives is uh, the Clipper Bay Pass, which aims to test the effectiveness of an unlimited regional transit pass sold to employers uh, and institutions to provide all of their employees and constituents with unlimited regional travel. Uh, so from the individual and user perspective, uh, they would receive a pass that would facilitate and enable uh, unlimited access to all Clipper-enabled transit services in the Bay Area. Uh, the program is set up as an uh, employer institutional pass uh, product, so there would be an arrangement uh, between MTC and, and, and an employer or an institution uh, to provide the, the pass to all of their constituents. Uh, thus far, we've set up the pilot in two phases. Uh, the first phase is underway now, and we've worked with um, four uh, higher educational institutions, as well as residents at Mid Penn affordable housing properties, uh, and we're about to embark 
on the second phase of the pilot uh, in which we'll work with employers. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, so the first phase that just, that just, just concluded uh, is with the five institutions listed here, uh, Santa Rosa Junior College, UC Berkeley, San Francisco State, uh, San Jose State, and Midpen Affordable Housing. Uh, all of these institutions previously offered a single agency pass to their constituents, uh, and critically, at uh, three of these universities, at Berkeley, SF State, and San Jose State, uh, we were able to conduct a randomized control trial uh, where about a quarter of the uh, student population were randomly selected to receive the Bay Pass, and the remainder, remainder of the population uh, retained their access to the single agency pass. Uh, thus, from an evaluation perspective, uh, we could very concretely point to effects of you know, what a, a regional unlimited pass could do uh, for, for transit and the transit experience. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, so through, at, th th through the first year of the two-year pilot, two-year phase one of the pilot, uh, we've, se we've seen over 2 million uh, rides uh, from users with Clipper Bay Pass, uh, all of, many of which have uh, reported very positive experiences with, uh, with the Bay Pass, as uh, illustrated in the quotes to the right of the slide. Uh, next slide, please. I want to highlight uh, one of our North Bay partners in the first phase, uh, Santa Rosa Junior College. Uh, this was not part of the randomized control trial, uh, but at SRJC, we made the Bay Pass available to any student who wanted it up to a max of 5,000 students. Uh, and through the first year, uh, we've seen over 140,000 trips uh, from uh, Bay Pass users at SRJC. Hmm. Next slide, please. Uh, this again uh, are, highlights a few uh, quotes from students uh, from phase one of the pilot, again, illustrating how impactful the pass has been on an individual level. Uh, next slide, please. And I'll, I'll turn it over now to Ryan to uh, go through some of the preliminary uh, insights we've seen from the evaluation. Thanks, Terrence. Uh, so we've conducted some preliminary analysis on ridership from the three universities that are participating in the randomized control trial, which includes UC Berkeley, SF State, and San Jose State University. And in this randomized control trial, we've compared ridership for students who received the Bay Pass with those who have their single agency pass. So for instance, all students at UC Berkeley have access to the AC Transit Easy Pass, and our Bay Pass pilot provided 25% of students with an upgrade to Bay Pass for unlimited regional transit. So from this randomized control trial, we know that Bay Pass increases public transportation usage, increases transfers between operators, and increases the average fare of transit used. So in the next few slides, I'll walk through uh, some highlights of the supporting data from the preliminary analysis. Um, <clears throat> so first, we're able to see that the average Clipper Bay Pass card logs 40% more trips than the average single agency card. Uh, next slide, please. Of note is that users with Bay Pass use the service that they already had access to at a higher rate than the peer, their peers with just the single agency pass. Uh, next slide, please. And in aggregate, we're also seeing a 74% increase in transfers between operators. And most significantly, we've seen at San Jose State where Bay Pass users can now access BART and Caltrain to connect to BTA. Next slide. 
And finally, the average fare of a trip on a BayPass card is about 9% higher as users are accessing premium regional transit services they might not otherwise have chosen. So as we approach the launch of the phase two pilot with employers, which I'll talk a little bit about next, it's been really helpful to reflect back on the data and the feedback that we've received from phase one. And the initial findings have been really promising and uh, appreciate the support from all of our, our regional partners. Next slide, please. So uh, next, I'll just give a few highlights of the next phase that we're moving into. So we've transitioned to working on phase two to expand the pass to a larger set of employers who will be able to purchase the pass for their employees. Similar to phase one, we're looking to measure how this type of pass would impact travel behavior and ridership. But we're also really focused on understanding how we can best serve transit dependent workers, especially beyond traditional office settings and how we can reach organizations that may not have been well served by existing institutional passes in the Bay Area. We'll be selecting up to 10 employers and a total of approximately 20,000 employees to participate in this next phase with the goal of having a diversity of uh, locations and types of industries participating. Any organizations that would like to be considered can submit an interest form at clipperbaypass.com on our website. Next slide, please. So in terms of the timeline, uh, we're working to receive signed participation agreements from operators by the end of this month so that we can aim to launch with our first few employers by the end of the year. We'll continue enrolling employers over the course of the year on a rolling basis with one-year contracts and uh, plan to share back evaluation results throughout the, the pilot. Um, next slide. So that concludes our presentation and Terrence and I are happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Great, thank you. Really interesting. Uh, questions? And left, yeah, Mary, go ahead. So thank you so much. This is really interesting and great data to see how, how it's playing out. On the um, Santa Rosa Junior College, it indicated that 5,000 passes were available. Were those all taken advantage of or a smaller percentage? Don't believe, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't believe that all of the passes has have been utilized. And then when you're looking at universities, are it, you're only looking at students, not stu not universities as employers as well. Those would be two separate separate trials. So or the, two the first phase for uh, students at the university are open to working with uh, employee university employees as part of our second phase, uh, but it would be required for the university to purchase it for their employees. So this, what the one that's rolling out for employers right now is something that the employers have to buy into even in the pilot phase. Exactly. And is that per pass or is it a, what's the magnitude of how that, um, of the cost to the employer? Yeah. So, so uh, behind the scenes, there's been a, a, a ton of analysis done on trying to reach a, you know, at least revenue neutral price. Um, so, you know, all operators will be reimbursed for every trip that's taken on their services with the Clipper Bay Pass. So this is trips that would have been taken as well as induced trips. Um, so in order to, to recover uh, that, 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 that revenue, there's been analysis done to, to try to identify what the total amount of usage would be. Uh, so phase one has been instrumental to, to, to informing some of that analysis. Um, and some of some of the more critical inputs to, to the analysis are transit 
proximity to, 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 to transit dense areas, as well as uh, kind of employer makeup and, and you know, how often uh, employees are required to, 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 to show up at the office. So the price across the region could range uh, quite, a, quite, a, quite a bit on a per employee basis, uh, but we are, as part of the, the program design, requiring employers to purchase it for all of their constituents, uh, understanding that some will use it a lot and others uh, might not that, that might, might, might not use it at all. But on average, the kind of average price per employee uh, is should be a, a discount from what any individual might need to pay for transit uh, in, in, in the open market. Great. Thank you. It'll be good. Interesting to see the results from that. Director Bushy. Yeah. Following up on that. Um, help me understand how you're pricing this. So for the universities, what, what were the students paying? So, so um, in, in phase one of the pilot, we worked with universities and institutions that had a pre-existing arrangement with a single agency pass. So for instance, at UC Berkeley, mm -hmm. uh, they had contracted with AC Transit to provide the easy pass to all of their students. Uh, so we insisted that they maintain that contract uh, and we upgraded the passes for a quarter of the population uh, at, at, at no additional fee to the students. Uh, the, the students, I, I, I believe, assess themselves on, um, on, 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 on for, for the easy pass at UC Berkeley and same for the Gator Pass at SF State, San Jose State. Uh, but for the first phase of the pilot, it was fully funded um, through funds identified from the, from the Trans Transit Transformation Action Plan, American Rescue Plan Exchange. Um, so students did not have to pay a premium for 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 the bay pass so this is the, the departure in the second phase in which we're asking employers to to pay for the pass right so we have a similar arrangement with the college of marin mm -hmm. um, so that type of arrangement so the, the students who were previously receiving a limited pa pass at no additional charge now are receive received a or in phase one received a pass that enabled them to use all the other um, additional transit again at no additional cost at, at, at those universities listed right. in phase so, one at, the, at the, those places right. okay now we're moving on to employers so how are you going to um calculate the um the the price that the employer will have to pay if i'm reading the article three of the um of the contract that we're going to be authorizing um our uh, general manager to sign um the providers are reimbursed in total. So it sounds like there's going to be a gap there. So tell me how you calculate on the amount that the employers pay and then any difference between what the employers pay and the actual cost to the providers. It's that, that, that's a great question. Um, so the initial uh, price is based on our estimates, you know, informed by phase one of the study, as well as uh, understanding the employee makeup and their proximity to 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 to, to transit. So the more transit dense your uh, employer location is, and you know the more employees coming to work, the higher the price would be. Um, you know, this being a, a a pilot and a totally new program to 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 the region, there is a chance we'll we'll get it wrong, either overprice it or underprice it. Uh, and to the extent that it's underpriced relative to uh, the cost of transit consumed. Uh, MTC has identified some backstop funding uh, to, to 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 bridge that gap. But you're going to do your best to tabulate the the um, your best forecast, correct, of what it's actually going to cost 
to provide the service. Correct. So there is no contemplation of sort of a built-in subsidy. Correct. So the employers will be paying the expected um, cost of providing the service. Yep. And 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 uh, we we're 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 planning to adjust as we learn. Uh, the, the the pilot will be ex- extended to up to ten institutions and twenty thousand individuals across the, the 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 second phase of the pilot, but we're not enrolling all ten immediately. Uh, so you know, as we as as, as data comes in, um, we have the opportunity to to adjust the pricing as we as we learn. Uh, and additionally, it's set up as a two year pilot, but we're uh, insisting on one year contracts with uh, institutions to allow us the flexibility to adjust the price in the second year. Right, I understand. So you'll be updating that right. as as new um, data comes in. But your strategic objective is not to provide additional subsidies right. of, of transit, but rather to provide convenience in between transit providers. That's correct. Thank you. And I would add, in increasing uh, convenience, hopefully um, create more demand and use of the transit service that exists. Right. Okay. Yeah, Director Lucan. Oh, yeah, uh, first off, thank you so much for coming for the presentation. I know looking at that pie chart that Marin Transit was just a sliver of the four percent of the big donut. Um, so it means you know I really appreciate you coming here and giving us this this full update, and hopefully we can uh, grow that portion of the donut. Um, in just in case you know, as this is just a pilot, but I'm kind of thinking towards the future. Um, over time, let's say the product ends up being uh, overpriced, and over a period of time, there is a for lack of better words, a fund balance that is that is built up of unutilized service. Is there any thought given to what would happen to those those funds in the long run? Um, would they um, remain in the account? Would they maybe uh, a sheet back to the different transit agencies or to the employers that purchase them or or any any thought given to that? Yeah, um, thanks for the question. Um, so f- for now, we're focused in the pilot phase. Um, and and we you know with with no promises or guarantees that that there would be a long long term program nor anything that might look like what's being uh, discussed here. Uh, but for the pilot phase itself, you know, if there is a, a world in which uh, it's overpriced and there is a fund balance, uh, it's written into the participation agreement uh, that I th- I think the initial up, you know up up to a million dollars would 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 go back to the uh, to to the program for the program costs and in, and anything beyond that. Um, the, the lower of which, you know, whether it's the million or the, the, the total costs um, for, from for going out from the program would go back to the transit operators. Gotcha. Wonderful. Thank you. Director Moulton-Peter. Yeah, thank you. Um, two questions. Thank you for the presentation. So <clears throat> I, I wanted to get just a little more clarity on what we'll expect to see here in Marin as a result of being in this pilot. I see that um, College of Marin has been named, but do do we have more employers who would be uh, and and uh, schools able to participate or what's it look like on the ground here? Uh, <clears throat> I can speak to that. So um, we're we're really just starting to to reach out to employers to gather interest and and sort of recruit folks to participate. Um, we have had a lot of interest uh, throughout the Bay Area for for participation, and um, we're looking to make sure we have this range of industries uh, and diversity of locations. So um, we've, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but we have heard from from folks in North Bay that are interested in participating and we would welcome uh, your help in, in getting the word out on the opportunity as well. So uh, through the website for baypass.com, 
uh, any organizations can submit an interest form. And then we hold a meeting to talk about what the program requires and develop some pricing proposals. Uh, so we're happy to work with any employers on that first step that are that are interested. Um, great. And for our general manager, Nancy, do do we have a role at the transit district in surfacing this to employers? Yeah, I, um, I'm sure we can. And certainly with uh, working with MTC and, and our, so with these folks, we, we can do that for sure. Yeah, I think that would be helpful. And then my, my second and last question is simply, um, how does this uh, program sort of interface with the employee commute benefit program where employers are already paying in for uh, commute uh, passes as an employee benefit? Is there is there some overlap or relationship there? This or these passes would be included as one of the benefits. Nancy, maybe you can answer that. Yeah, oh, I was just going to say some employers we've spoken to would be choosing to um, replace the sort of more limited benefits that they have with this more comprehensive benefit, um, or to sort of yeah augment the existing benefits that they yeah. they offer. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I don't know any more than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's just important to note that employers have are already mm -hmm. sort of bought into offering commute benefits, and this would fit within that framework. Oh, or could. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, uh, Director Colbert. Yeah, thanks for the report. So we've talked a lot about uh, costs. So I just have a question on the interim evaluation takeaways after year one. You sort of end with uh, average fares going up. So I guess my my question is, um, is there a general sense of, of costs going up or down? And are there sort of any other sort of soft costs sort of thing that you've, you've noticed coming out of this report? Like, is there, are there more sort of staff time required because of, of this or more connectivity issues, any other sort of unintended sort of consequences and or benefits that have been gleaned so far? Um, I'll, 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 I'll say that the, uh, the, 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 the slide you're referring to refers to, um, people using more premium services that, I mean, that, that, that's the, that that's what that's reflecting. So you know, at UC Berkeley, for instance, uh, students with access to the Bay Pass now are using more BART um, than their their peers who have access just to to easy to the Easy Pass and AC Transit. Uh, as far as soft costs are, uh, are 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 concerned, that's not something we've been measuring on the external side. There there there, there certainly are kind of like staff costs involved in in the program administration. Uh, but that's been absorbed through the um, through, through, through through kind of our, our, our project team at the moment. Um, but as 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 the you know program expands, I'm I'm sure that something we'll we'll look into and um, you know work to recover through pricing or some other mechanism. Okay, thanks. All right, so um, can we go now, Kate, to public comment? Is there anyone on Zoom? I'll give everyone a moment to raise their hands. I see no raised hands on Zoom. Thank you. Okay, so bringing it back here, um, what we need now is a motion to go ahead and um, authorize Nancy the ability to sign the agreement for the Clipper Bay Pass and Maroon Transit's participation. I'll make that motion. I'll second. Moved by Moulton Peters, seconded by Colbert. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? none it's unanimous thank you so much for being here today and making the presentation and um, i think this is 
really uh, important and um, the way of the future and the wave of the future. And I look forward to the next time you return and then a couple of years down the road, um, having a whole bunch of employers jump on board with this and a whole bunch more riders on transit generally. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, with that, we are now going to move into closed session. Um, and thanks staff for being here today and see everybody in the rug room.
President Rice, I'm ready to receive your report out. Um, yes, thank you. Um, and our closed session concluded at what time is it right now? 1226 p.m. At 1226, and there's nothing to report out. So we're done. Thank you.